on Gidea. It's now time for the Midweek Masterclass. The popular Midweek Masterclass is where we help you try and find a few winners on a Wednesday afternoon at the Metro Races. And uh, we're racing at Sandown in Victoria on the lakeside. And Mitchie Lewis joins us now to go through his early look at this card. We're at uh, well, on a good four at the moment. The rail's in the true. Hello to you, Mitch. Morning, Gareth. Um, what do you make of this program? Yeah, well, I think it's pretty handy for what we've got in the last um, few weeks at Sandown, to be fair. So I think it'll play perhaps a little bit leaderish, um, but that's just uh, out look at this stage. So there's a few that I'm keen to bet into and I reckon I've got two at the minute that I think are slightly overs that are hopefully be back today and then they come in a little bit for our tips tomorrow. Alright then take it away with your specials. So race seven number six. This is my value player of the day. Catering for Tom Dabernick. Billy Egan takes the ride. I thought some of its form in the last um, prep stacked up quite nicely. Now he's second up today I think he's going to get a really good position from barrier four. And I thought the last start run at Sandown over the 1,300 metres, there were some signs there that going slightly up in trip here, I think it sets up nicely for catering to run us a race at an each-way price. So he's at my tip there in race seven. All right, then what else have you got for us? And then in race eight, uh, number 10, big watch for the Moroni team and Blake Shin in the saddle. So this horse was well back at stand down when it resumed on the 10th of January. Second up here today, I think there's improvement there. Um, it's up slightly in grade, but I think going up in trips sort of helps it there. I really like the setup. I think they put Blake Shin on. So from Barrier 4, I'm expecting what Big Watch to be forwards in the run, and I think she can uh, stack up pretty well in this race. All right, big watch there for Mike Moroni and Blake Shin. Any others for us there at Sandown, or are we just playing those two? I reckon race three, number two, Immortality, I'm keen to keep an eye on, but I think uh, oh, okay. he's at about his right price. So he'll probably come through as a tip maybe tomorrow. I think the setup's all right for him, but he's at his, at his price now. So I'd be waiting and maybe we get a slight little drift on him. But, um, yeah, those other two are the ones I think we can play early. Geez, I'm looking forward to this. Your tips at Mount Gambier. Geez, you're hard to beat in your, home, in your own backyard, Mitchie Lewis. So take it away. Yeah, so there's an interesting little setup here. So what I'm going to do in race three at this stage, Gareth, num- horse number one, Hot Suspect. This horse is nominated at Sandown as well, and Craig Williams booked at Sandown. I suspect that they'll go to Sandown. I'm not sure they'll come to Mount Gambier. Uh, he was the last start winner here at Mount Gambier. So if that's the case and the market's open, I know there might be a deduction, but if we can get in early on the four and are you... I think that people will come for this horse once Hot Suspect is out. Uh, Anaya is an ex-Godolphin horse who's been running all right. Third up, up to a 2,000-metre trip now. I think that's really going to set up nicely for this mare. Uh, And like I said, just keep an eye on the markets. But I think you want to get on Anaya because you'll get the overs when Hot Suspect comes out, even after the deduction. I think the market will gravitate towards the four. And then in race four, I think number one, Dale's Rocket's probably going to be the best bet there. Last two runs, it's two from two at Mount Gambier over the track and trip. And the last start win in the Vignerons Cup in Panola was very good. So the form stacking up on that horse. I'm not 100% sure what we'll get, but if we're getting plus 280, I think that's a good bet. All right, then. So, um, yeah, I like a couple there. You like a couple there, so we'll play. So if I gave you $200, how would you stake that? $200? 
in Mount Gambier. Yeah. I'm probably going to go... I'll probably have 50 Anaya, and I might keep another 50 just to once the um, scratching deductions come through. Does that make sense? I want to just hold off a little bit, yep. and then I'm having 100 yep. straight out of Dale's rocket. All right, mate. Go and get them. Appreciate your time, Mitchy. Catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. We'll chat tomorrow. Mark Roden's done the form for the Kenzo meeting at Randwick. G'day, Mark. G'day, Gareth. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Where do we start with your place? Yeah, pretty uh, thin little card at Kenzo tomorrow. I'm starting in race five, looking for a bit of value around the favourite morning sun. I'm going with number four, Edmund, who started a reasonably short price favourite in a very similar race to this a fortnight ago. Um, he did stick to the fence that day, and strangely, uh, the fence was no good on that particular occasion uh, at the Kenzo. I'm forgiving that run. Uh, as I said, he started favouring that race because his form prior to that was very solid for a race of this class. And we're getting, uh, what, around $5.56 tomorrow, which is a much better price than he was last start. And I think he's equally as good a chance if he can forgive that run. Morning Sun is obviously the one to beat. My little question mark on that um, on his form, um, it was a good debut Australian performance, but it was very slowly run that race. So whether he might uh, need another run... Um, to get him fit enough for a trip like 1800 is just a little niggle in my mind, but obviously he looks like he's going to be very competitive. But at the price, lean to number four, Edmund. Yep, and what else have you got for us, mate? Got one more in the last race, race seven, uh, apprentices only race, this one, uh, over 1250. I think because it's an apprentices only race, there might be a bit more speed than we'd otherwise expect. I think a few of these inexperienced riders might just push forward and set it up for a horse like number five, Hanau, who's drawn a bit wide, has one of the better apprentices, obviously, in Zach Lloyd on. Uh, I think he'll stay out of the early speed battle. He was a strong winner at Newcastle last start. Uh, we saw at the last Kenzo meeting, especially later in the day, they were getting down the middle of the track uh, and there is a little bit of rain around. If that's the case again, uh, a horse like Hanau could be very well set up to win. Um, second favourite, Infancy is going to go forward, the favourite, and I think, uh, as I said, if with the expected uh, hot, uh, hot speed. Might bring it undone and set it up for an hour, number five. All right, mate. We wish you the best of luck. Geez, I love the trial of Railway Man who goes around in that first race there as well. So um, um be interesting two-year-old as they are. They're, they're all interesting, these two-year-old races at this time of the year. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for that, mate. Thank you, Garcia. There's Mark Roden there. Let's take a break. Pete Anthony that's not far away. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Midweek Masterclass um, on this Tuesday, racing in WA at Ascot. And uh, we've got seven races there. Um, uh, the rail's out 12 metres on a soft five at the moment. Peter Anthonis, have you been able to find one for us? Yeah, I think so, uh, Gareth. So, look, just looking at race one, Akiki Wallamale uh, for the Ken Jimmy team. Um, look, that horse has trialled really, really quietly under a hold for Jared Noski. Look, it's a small field, so I think the horse will probably settle worse in midfield, but looks ready to explode first up. And last prep, we saw it heavily backed uh, into favourite down the straight at Pinjara. So, look, I think that's the way I'm angling. There's no markets at the moment, so, you know, hoping for around sort of 280 or so to, to get involved. But I, I, we might get a price there with Bayzed um, doing some good stuff and Bisector, uh, simply Rosso one last start. So we might actually get a price there. All right, then. What else have you got for us? That's pretty much it for, uh, for the card, yeah. Gareth. Pretty, pretty plain otherwise. Um, maybe Sass Machine in race three. But, again, I'm expecting that horse goes up pretty short. So I'm, I'll just be monitoring the market there. But 
Look, uh, 38, 39 degrees, twilight meeting. They're not getting started till after 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. So, um, yeah, early dinner and late night viewing. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. We wish you the best of luck. Well done. Just had a chat. Just um, had a chat to a few people from Kiramar Racing. Um, I've just been like, I thought this might happen, but it's now been confirmed. So Kiramar and David Eustace, they're on 102 winners, say for the Victoria Trainer Premiership. That is it. So they start again with David Eustace now off the ticket. Um, obviously, David finished up there on Saturday. So they're 22 in front of Lindsay Park. You would imagine they won't be holding on. Um, Lindsay Park would be training more than 20-odd winners for the rest of the season. So they're 10 in front of Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. So I would imagine um, on default we'll be having a new premiership winning training combination. Um, they're 53 and uh, the Lindsay Park team are on 34. So that might be a big enough buffer to hang on to win the Victorian Metro trainer premiership. Um, but it's interesting now. They're not going to get Chris Waller in... Um, Sydney, of course, but yeah, that is interesting that now Kiramar has to start from scratch um, from a trainer's premiership point of view now, since he'll be training um, the horses by himself. Um, but I, I think it's a big team effort at Kiramar Racing. I don't think that doesn't make sense to me. I think sometimes in this world that we live in, common sense should prevail. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. We're live from Caracas for day three of the sales. It's been another pretty handy start to day three. This is the final day of book one. Andrew Seabrook over the moon with the success of the, the sales once again. They've had a really good 12 months, especially with the ready to run last November into, of course, uh, this year's sale. Um, we just broke that news. We had um, a couple of interesting talking points regarding that premiership regarding Kiramar and David Eustace. Chris Nelson now joins us as part of the, the Midweek Masterclass. G'day, Chris. -o. Good morning, Gareth. Sometimes, and you might disagree with me here, but sometimes racing shoots itself in the foot and common sense doesn't prevail. So Kiramar and David Eustace, basically, well, Kiramar Racing has to start from scratch now after the departure of David Eustace. Now... When you, when you have a look at how the stables are run these days, nothing's going to change, really. I know David Lee's, but nothing really is going to change. Kieran's the only one on the ticket. Basically got the same teams um, right across the country, and now they're, they're going to be penalised, and they have to go, go back to, to zero in a way for Kieran Ma. They still might hang on, David Eustace and Kieran Ma, and win the Victorian Metro Premiership, but, um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't know about that decision. I know it's I know it's a decision when someone gets suspended or um, someone the, the the partnership separates, like what's happened to Dave Eustace. But it doesn't make it doesn't make sense sense to me. So you're saying that now it's Kiramar on his own and his victories or his his wins for the season total zero. Correct. So they nah, they stay at the premiership where they where they're at now. So. They're yep. about 20-odd in front of Lindsay Park and the Victoria Metro Premiership. But every winner that Kiramar gets from now on doesn't go to that tally. It goes back to a tally um, where he starts from scratch. Yep. Yeah, so there's a possibility that Kiramar might finish second or third, or he might even still win the Victoria Metro Premiership. But they're probably looking at the numbers there. There's a strong possibility that Kiramar could finish fourth or fifth and he could finish second and first with David Eustace. <laughs> That's 
Bond, isn't it? Is that all <laughs> around that Australia out. or just Victoria? That's, that's, yep, that's, that's all over Australia. Australia. Yeah, oh yep. man, that's a funny one. It is a funny one. Well, can we have, can you find us a few winners at Doomben tomorrow? Well, I hope so. It's a bit uh, it's a bit wet here. Where you are is usually wet, but uh, at the moment we're really no. popping. It's uh, heaps of rain overnight, heaps more to come. So I think 71 in the last two days or 71 mils at Doomben. So we're on a heavy 10. It's probably higher than that. And we're supposed to get more today. So I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, but I would imagine it's going to be pretty wet if we run. And we've got a rail of 11 and a half metres. So you'd want to be up on speed somewhere and you want to be a mudlark. So we'll go with these two Annabelle Neesham trained horses that look well placed. Race four, number one, Plundering. I know he doesn't win too often. Uh, he's won three of 13, but he's never far away and he comes through much, much stronger races in Sydney. Uh, he's ran third to Contemporary, third to Felix Majestic, second to With Your Blessing, uh, fourth to Gustav Sissimo. He's got really good form. If he's ever going to break through again today or tomorrow's going to be the day, he's had two goes on heavy for a win in a second. He looks really well placed with the claim for CJ Graham, who's fresh off those four winners on Saturday. And race seven, number 11, Amer uh, African Daisy, should I say, African Daisy. Uh, another one that comes through Sydney with stronger form lines. Had one run back from a break, and that was a good effort, running second to Terra Mata, who's very, very promising. Four goes on heavy for a win and two placings. So both of those horses should settle on speed. Both of those horses handle the heavy ground. And they've both got form lines stronger than their opposition. So should they run, should we run, I think they'll be winning. We appreciate for you uh, we appreciate you on the midweek masterclass, Chriso, and um, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Look forward to it. Have a good day there, Gareth. Or have you got another one for us? No, 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 that's it. That's all I've got at the moment. I'll, Perfect. Look, I'm, I just don't know how many of these are going to run and whatever. So it's a bit yep. awkward at the moment, but those two do stand out. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks, Gareth. There's Chris Nelson there. It's eight minutes past 10 in the East, eight minutes past 12 here in New Zealand. Um, of course, eight minutes past seven o'clock with our friends over there in WA. And it is eight minutes past nine in Queensland. Don't go anywhere, especially our Queensland listeners, because their superstar pacer, Leap to Fame, has drawn barrier number six in the AG Hunter Cup, which is Harness Racing's biggest dance in Victoria, one of the, the best races on the Australasian Harness Racing calendar. And we'll be talking trots coming up next as we face the breeze, thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound with Jack Trainer and Anthony Butt.